Welcome to Brand Lover, honest, real, and lively conversations for flourishing entrepreneurs and budding business owners on a mission to cultivate a heartfelt brand that connects with their purpose-driven mission. My hope is that you walk away feeling inspired and refreshed with a weekly takeaway in your back pocket that you can apply to your life or business. Welcome to Sarah Cross, product-based business coach and wholesale queen. Sarah teaches creative women business owners how to build a scalable and profitable million-dollar product business. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, Sarah. Thank you for having me, Rachel. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's so nice to have you on the podcast. We only met recently and we've already done a few little collabs together, which have been so fun. Um, I love your vibe. I, like we just get along so well. And I knew that I had to have you on the podcast to share your incredible journey. So welcome again. Tell us a little bit about um, yourself from a personal perspective. A personal perspective. Um, I'm a mum to teenagers. I've got two beautiful sons who are 17 and 15 so they're high school kids now and um, I am married to a second time married um, uh, to a lovely man we're about to celebrate our fifth wedding anniversary and uh, we did a bit of a I'm a Melbourne girl so I grew up born and bred um, grew up on a, a farm my parents did a tree change we grew up on a hobby farm so I had years and years of uh, horse riding and pony club and I have a really deep love for nature and for animals um I actually am the owner of three dogs and one cat and and I'm back horse riding again I I had a big break I grew up pony clubs and horse riding that was how um, we made our way to friends houses to have sleepovers is that we would ride our horses to um, each other's houses wow uh, a really fun childhood and um at least my parents were small business owners so I guess I grew up in a household knowing that I would one day have my own small business and uh, uh, that journey started I'm 50 now so I was about 25 at the time I started my first business and uh, that sort of leads into my next question how did that how did that all start yeah that was my next thing anyway so it was a perfect segue (laughs) how did Um, it all begin for you like where did you start how did you start why did you start yeah so I'd done um I'd done studies in hotel management and I have um, a real passion for cooking I'd done a private catering contract and I uh I really saw um what money and and what sort of uh spend corporates spent on entertainment and on you know gifting clients and uh that my first business uh that I started at 25 was very from very humble beginnings it was from my kitchen table um what sprouted as an idea of um looking at giving uh gifts to companies um my first within four months of opening my doors I got a, a referral um to a law firm who spent $30,000. Wow, in four months. And that was like 800 hampers that I chose to do a lot of very crazy things without, you know, I was just very sort of eager eager and naive, um, but very passionate about having my own business. And um, I had to call in on family and friends um, in terms of, I think it was one of those moments of just saying yes and working it out later. Mm -hmm. 
um, because I actually had no idea how I was going to pack 800 hampers in my two-bedroom apartment. But I knew that the money was too good to turn down. And, um, you know, I was thinking of ways like I could upgrade my car and, you know, it, it provided a, like, a, a validation that I was onto something. It was a turning yeah. point for me that I was going to niche into corporate. I was going to sell to corporates because that was sort of more of a lucrative market than selling to mums and dads. Yeah. And for the next 10 years, I I grew that business and I out. I out. Um, I learned the art of outsourcing of, about selling volume, selling high, you know, high volume and high ticket um, to big corporates and and um, multi chains. So uh, that's how I sort of has obviously has uh, um, got me to where I am now, where I am a wholesale queen, as you described me, mm -hmm. uh, specialising in strategy for um, female led business owners to scale up to have million dollar businesses. Yeah, amazing. And sort of just, I guess, rewinding a little bit because a lot of um, my audience are mums doing the juggle and you're a little bit further along in your journey. Like you sort of, you look like you got it all worked out now. <laughs> um, <laughs> how did you, like, how did you do that? How did you, you know, you come from being 25, starting your own business, you know, you, it's not like, you know, a, a lot of the stories, I guess, these days are around mums in on maternity leave starting a business in the hope that they don't have to go back to work and they can stay home and raise their babies whereas you kind of started a little earlier how did you do that how did that look for you I think it was just um getting getting in early in terms of uh when I did have the the corporate gift tamper business it was sort of earlier stages where the internet was really emerging and uh, it was it was finding a, a niche that there was a hot product in. I think that really helped me to have uh, like a very, very um, accelerated growth. Um, mm -hmm. I think I learned the art of outsourcing and I realised that I couldn't do everything. I suffered from a few autoimmune health issues um, that I sort of uh, had sort of started to hinder me and I realised that I couldn't wear all the hats. So I really sort of started outsourcing, getting, you know, groceries delivered, getting a cleaner for, you know, for myself, you know, for my husband and I, um, learning how to sort of not just, you know, rely on myself, but building a team and building mm -hmm. a, a team of experts. Um, from a really early stage in my business, Rachel, I engaged and had uh, hired coaches. Mm -hmm. So I had a sounding board because I was still a young, relatively young girl learning very fast how to make sales um, and pitching to big corporates and to much mm. more senior senior um, corporate clients. So I was a little bit in over my head, but, you know, I've always had that theory about, you know, just you can kind of fake it till you make it, but also you have to just back yourself. Yeah, 100%. I love that. And I love that analogy you used earlier about um, just saying, saying yes and working it out later yeah. like I'm a huge believer in that yeah I think as well as scary as it is um somehow like if you're being led along a path or a certain direction or an opportunity comes your way how can you say no like <laughs> exactly I think you know it was one of those jaw-dropping moments those opportunities where a door opens up and it's that you know whole 
you know, law of attraction, you know, the universe is delivering yeah. what I asked for and what I wanted, it delivered and it usually yeah. always does. Um, I, I, you know, sometimes you have to wait a little bit longer, but it's got a really funny way of being able to, um, you know, trust has your back, you know, the yeah. universe does have, have your back. And I am a big manifester and I have uh, always set the goals of where I want to go. My first initial goal was, and I think a lot of other of your listeners might relate to this, it was just basically building something sustainable enough that would allow me to be full-time mm. and allow me to have that freedom, flexibility to be a mum raising kids and building a business. So all I wanted to do, I had a few part-time side hustles, um, working in a cafe and, and selling something else. And, you know, I knew that I just needed to focus solely on that first business to really get going and to start to uh, you know accrue my clients that were going to become my bread and butter clients in a really highly seasonal industry yeah absolutely and you mentioned that you you always have invested in coaches right from the start and I think that's something that um a lot of business owners or young business owners are sometimes are a little scared to do because they're not quite sure what to expect um but you know, you've, you're, I guess you sort of, what I'm trying to say is that you like, you've, you've, you've been through it and you've done it and you've seen the benefit investing in a coach. How did mm. that, how did you become a coach? Like, how did that sort of, how did you switch hats? In that um, yeah. So once I'd sold the business, um, I, I actually was approached by someone in um, the schoolyard Oh, really? um, who, who actually knew that I had had that size business and um, the business was multi-million and I sold it for half a million dollars. So I'd had a lot of success. And then I sort of took a bit of time out just to sort of look after my health, but to also raise my children and be a mum. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew that I wanted to get into something that I could work in um, around raising my children. So yeah. it was sort of a conversation that started in the school playground that evolved into acquiring you know my new clients and back then um, my sort of clients were really the ones that were doing gift tamper businesses or wanted to do gift tamper businesses and I think uh, you know probably out of the seven years I've been coaching I probably did that for the first maybe year or so but I have found it far more exciting to be uh, working with women who are either designing inventing creating their own beautiful products mm -hmm. uh, either manufacturing offshore or manufacturing in Australia and building these really successful scalable businesses and also selling internationally as well which you know I also specialize in and I really love seeing beautiful Australian products being sold outside of Australia. Mm. I love that um, like that you can I guess have a niche but have that scope for creativity in within that niche yeah that exactly. yeah I um, work with highly highly creative female-led business owners they're all entrepreneurs and they're all got their big girl pants on they're all gonna succeed like no matter what it's almost like that yeah. one it's actually a finding finding women who are aligned with that they are going to make it no matter what yeah I love that. And then helping so, them to go to that next level. Yeah, the next level. Oh, this is a great segue as well because I was just about to ask about that next level, <laughs> being that that elusive seven figures. Like that seems like like 
that almost seems unachievable to a lot of small business owners working at home, especially in those early stages. It seems like pie in the sky stuff, but you, yeah. you know, you make it, you make it achievable. And I'd love to know what you would say are the key ingredients that that are required to grow uh, an e-commerce business to that level. I think it's um, about like letting go of limiting self-beliefs to mm. start with. So it's very much about that abundance mindset of actually mm. starting with the end in mind. Some mm. clients I will already know from working with them at the very beginning is that they've already got the vision mapped out about how they're going to grow the business, but they're just missing a few skill sets, which is where I come in with the strategy. Um, but I think it's about like backing yourself and letting go of those limiting self-beliefs, all those money blocks, mm. because I think sometimes people are a little unrealistic. It's never, no one's ever an overnight success. And as you know, Rachel, like being in business, I mean, there's many highs and lows and you've got to be able to ride it out and stick it out even through those periods of times. So in the early stages, what I sometimes find is that people have these expectations that they're going to put up their website, um, create a product, and that they're going to be flooded with sales. And that just simply doesn't happen yeah. because now there's just uh, so many women-led businesses, but so many beautiful products that it is particular some particular industries are very oversaturated. Mm. So it is about finding your very strong point of difference and also identifying your ideal target customer who is going to resonate and want to come and buy and repeat buy and support your business and love your business and what you stand for. Mm. There's a few things that need to happen before people sort of can expect to, and look, really the first year of running any business is all about putting money back into the business, pouring anything you've got back in. There's no chance of you actually really probably paying yourself from the start. Some people like to do that, but my first business was a lot of blood, sweat and tears mm. to start with. You know, it was, you know, um, probably at least the first two years was all about putting money back into the marketing of the business, mm. and the business and, you know, just really pushing through those harder times where you do question and want validation, like, is this going to work? Like, am I going to fall flat on my face? Mm. And what would you say are some of the most common mistakes that people are making in those early days? Like you mentioned that as one of them, perhaps. Can perhaps it's, it's the um, unrealistic. Yeah, sometimes mm. an unrealistic expectation that you're going to, um, you know, build it and they will come, you know, mm. and, that's not the case. You need to, in order to get conversion, you need traffic, you need eyeballs, you need people to have an awareness of what it is that, you know, there's brand awareness, as you know, there's visibility, there's their brand voice. It's about connection. People do business with people. Um, I think, you know, uh, pricing is usually a really big one that, you know, as a foundation, you need to get right from the beginning. Otherwise, you just have a very expensive hobby. Mm. and people I think find that pricing is is a challenge that they fear that they might get pushback or that people will say oh that's too expensive but there's always your Kmart 
buyers, then there's always another category of buyers. If you find your buyer, then that's all that matters. Yeah. Because so you're saying that, that new business owners are scared to, to price at like a higher yes pitch towards a higher market yes because yes. they don't have that self-belief. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I generally find that, that that is sort of sometimes. I think the other thing too I also find is that um, and, and goes back to a little bit about investing in professional coaching yeah. as opposed to asking your network of friends and your auntie and your mm-hmm. spouse for business advice or business support. Because there are people who can be, um, uh, let's say, sort of dream crushes. You know, they could yes. be perhaps wanting to do something that you're doing. You've gone out on a limb. You're starting a business. You're doing something that is something that other people would love to do themselves but haven't. So taking bad advice is also another area that I see happen quite often. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's quite relatable um having though the naysayers <laughs> yeah yeah the, the naysayers the, yeah. um the well-meaning um family and friends who who really at the end of the day they're just trying to protect you aren't they like they're yes. just trying to protect you from from failing and having those exactly. you know like they don't want anything bad to happen to yeah. you they're trying to like yeah um, you know bring and bring those expectations down and yeah yeah and I think for anyone starting out, you know, you don't want to fall on your face. You want to make something successful and you do a happy dance every time someone buys from you. Yeah. You know, it's it's validation of your dream. But I think people need to get more realistic um, because it is a it is a marathon, not a sprint. It is it is something that when you start, you've got your first 12 months of investment, mm-hmm. money back into the business, you know, you're really sort of at that infancy stage of oh, the business is very high needs. Yeah. And, and then the second year is actually starting to get more momentum and you're getting um, some great feedback and you might start to sort of feel as though you're finding your feet more and you're getting more confident. And, you know, really by the third year, that's when you will be making a profit. So it's it's definitely no sprint. It's yeah. definitely um, not for the faint-hearted um, going into business. Yeah, and I love that. I love the way that you were talking about it, that, you know, that it's not it's not all just like dancing on Instagram <laughs> and sharing those like, you know, those lines, the profit lines going up. Yeah. And up and up and up. Like it's it's you know to have that expectation that it's going to be hard, but it's so worth it. Um, it's really yeah. worth all that, especially if you truly have that passion and drive and the like the belief in what you're doing. Um, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. So I'm just sort of wondering, given that you you know you help women to scale, particularly through wholesaling, could you please give a quick rundown of what you would need to have established in your business? before you consider wholesaling? Uh, well, the few of the basics uh, is do you have the the margins? Do you have the profit margins to sell mm. at 50% below your recommended retail price, which is how you arrive at your wholesale price? 
Mm. And then halving that again should be your cost price and your labor and and handling, which a lot of people leave out because they sometimes go from markets Mm. to then selling at retail, um, but they have forget to factor in the time that it takes or if they were to pay an employee, Mm. how long does it take per unit to create that product? Mm. So that's where the pricing sometimes uh, isn't always accurate. Uh, for scaling, are you scalable? Can you reproduce 100 units of the same product so that you can actually sell it to stockers, to retailers? Mm. And in what time frame can you do that? Mm. Um, I think, you know, those some sort of very labour-intensive products aren't always ideal for wholesaling. Not everything is going to work. Um, not everything has to be produced offshore and imported. Um, it really is about you know, selling in higher volumes has so many benefits because uh, your buying power increases with the volume. You have mm. room to negotiate with your suppliers. Wow! <laughs> and then there's and then there's the brand awareness visibility of of people discovering your products because they see it being sold in more and more retailers. Yeah, so it's getting your name out there, and and it's they're doing the marketing for you. My service-based brain is just going nuts. Oh, yeah. my, my mind is blown. <laughs> oh, wow, this is a whole other world that I just, yeah. I have no yeah. idea about. So I'm finding it really fascinating. Um, and yeah. such a great eye-opener, like for those who are in those earlier stages who have that as an end goal to consider these things, like what a gift to be able to consider these things early and be savvy about them so that you are like when you are ready or you think that you're ready, you don't have to like make any mad dash adjustments or anything like you. Oh, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so just in wrapping up, could you share one final gold nugget um, to, you know, to establishing that strong, reputable product-based brand that, you know, that everybody can't get enough of and they keep coming back for more? I mean, I mean, there's three very simple words that a billionaire used and would say every day. I think 200 times a day and he would he would do 100 repetitions in his elevator ride from the top of the building to the bottom and he would just repeat over and over, do it now. Mm. And it sounds a bit Nike, but do it now means, you know, you need to actually step outside your comfort zone to, to actually move forward and, and get momentum. Doing things now means that you're not procrastinating or you're not waiting for everything to be perfect because mm. done is better than perfect. Yeah. And yeah. just to get started, if you've got a business idea, there's no better time than to actually just get it out there, get it going, get momentum, get yeah. the research, engage with, you know, find your community, find people that are doing something similar to you or someone that's done it before you that you can learn from really fast Mm. invest in yourself and I mean there's just a zillion things that you can do and so many ways that you can learn but I think that's what I love about being an entrepreneur and I'm completely unemployable I don't think I could ever work for anybody (laughs) because I've been in small business entrepreneurship for like 25 years but I find that if you find your passion, it doesn't feel like you ever work a day in your life. Like mm-hmm. it's not a job. Yeah. It's actually enjoying, enjoying yeah. what you do and contributing and 
mm-hmm. you know, being, I mean, I feel like I'm here to, to serve, you know, and, and to help support women in business, you know, mm-hmm. to create that dream life. I have many clients now who have got their spouse retired and working in their business. Yeah. With this, helping raise children. Yeah. And being part of a family founded business and it just works so well. Yeah. What an impact and what a legacy. And just to think like if you hadn't had the guts to start that first business 25 years ago, that you yeah. would be doing that now. I know. I don't know what I would have done. It's amazing. It just, it, just, um, it was just meant to be. Yeah. It just goes to show that just, you know, just doing it now and taking that big order and just working it out. Yeah. You know, like you just never know what's around the corner. And yeah. I'm also a huge believer, like life's so short. Like if you have a dream, if you've got desire in your heart, it's there for a reason. So absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I'm just very much, you know, being open to receiving abundance and, you know, the universe is always looking after you. Mm. So beautiful. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today. I do have some final fun rapid fire questions, if you don't mind. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I'm just going to ask what your favorite is. I'm going to say a word and then it's just whatever comes to mind. Okay. So what's your favorite app? Mm, there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of... Uh, can't think of one actually what's the I'm, first one you open in the morning oh instagram okay, is favorite one. <laughs> um favorite time of day uh evening afternoon evening. nice um exercise pilates pilates love it habit or ritual um i'm a big journal writer big, ma- big, ma- big manifesto um that I, I'm a big planner, goal goal mm-hmm. planner. Mm-hmm. Okay, favorite way to relax. Ooh, red wine, <laughs> dinner out, um, and holiday, like poolside with a cocktail and a good book. Yeah, we were just talking before we recorded about that. The sun, sun cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Soaking up any type of sun. The vitamin D. Um, okay, last one. Favorite thing about your business? My clients. Yeah. Fabulous clients, fabulous women that just inspire me. So great. I love that. Okay. So where can we find you? Where's the best place to come and store? Well, I do else? hang out on Instagram quite a lot. So <laughs> you can find me at uh, Sarah J Cross underscore official and my website is sarah j which is for jump well stands for jump uh cross c-r-o-s-s.com amazing so if you do own a product-based business or you would like to start one or you are think that you're ready to take it to the next level sarah is your lady go and check her out give her a follow go and say hi on instagram thank you so much sarah thanks for having me rachel If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, I invite you to share the link with another woman in business or someone who needs to hear this message. Every woman we can support to grow a meaningful, profitable brand is another woman who is free to live a purposeful life for herself and be more present for her family. 
None of us are alone in the challenges we face in business, but the solution can start with a gift from someone else, and it could be a podcast episode just like this one. Thank you for listening.